Welcome to Queer Longing, a podcast where we discuss and explore everything that we're longing for and living for in our queer community. I'm Olivia Taylor. And I'm Lucy Cecil. Oh, Olivia, how are you feeling? Are you settled into the festive period? I think I have, with a reasonable um, spring in my step, stepped into Christmas. Um, Like we were just discussing off mic, um, it has been a little creeper this year just creeping up slowly sidling up to us and announcing itself um but yes I'm stepping into Christmas I've done the Dun & Massey Light Show um doing chats with house Christmas lights all the posh Christmas things basically that um I usually do at Christmas it's what I'll be doing again and I was sad because um that wasn't open last year but who knows it'll probably be bloody shut down by Monday with all of the bits being as they no. are um but anyway that is boring to talk about so we won't do it um yes how about you how Christmassy are you feeling um on a scale of one to um eggnog (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) I've never actually had an eggnog I'd really like one um I think I think though my (laughs) I think I actually would really hate one but I would really like to try one yeah I don't think it's within your like wheelhouse of things that you would like it's very like creamy obviously you know how I feel about creamy yeah. things yeah 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 yes um so one year um we were making snowballs at Christmas and my um stepsister um liked them so much that she drank about seven of them um and then this is on Christmas Eve actually and Classic. then all of Christmas, all of Christmas day was just spent throwing up constantly, oh like, constantly. no um that, and she's such a thing never have one again I feel like some people go go hard on different days around Christmas if, if you're a drinker like um I always remember someone I used to work with at STA their family like big thing they would do is like go to the pub on like Christmas Eve and they'd all get like absolutely wasted so they'd all be like hanging as as anything on Christmas day and I was like oh no I don't like I mean I get I get drunk on Christmas Eve but like I don't go like hard hard because I know that the next day is going to be I'm going to be like tanning champagne from 8am. So, like, yeah. And also, yeah. I don't know about you, but I have too many jobs to do. Like yeah. on Christmas day, it's a busy day. It's a busy day. It's a busy day that the morning of Christmas day is, is, is go, 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 go. And then, yeah, you get to relax a bit later if you're lucky, but um, yeah, no, it's interesting. Um, yeah. So on a scale of um, Grinch to eggnog, I think is probably quite a good uh, scale. Mm-hmm. Um, I am feeling oh, do you know what like I feel I'm feeling quite I'm, I'm not feeling that festive it's weird I'm, I'm not feeling bad um or anything I just haven't done much big Christmassy stuff yet but on Friday night I did go to Leeds to have a amazing curry um it's amazing restaurant in Leeds um with my mates who live there um we we ordered <laughs> We had like a, you know, they had like big bottles of Kingfisher and you know, it's a good restaurant when, when it's got the big bottles of beer, you know what I mean? Yeah. So got them, had a couple of them, was having a nice time. And then we saw that there were these cocktails um, and there was this one that literally had just everything in it. And it even like stipulated in bold underneath it strong. And we were like, right, we've got to have three of those. Um, so I like, they, they, the people who were running the restaurant were like not catching our eyes, I think on purpose, because they could hear us talking about how they <laughs> wanted the cocktail. And I think they wanted us, they wanted us to leave because the restaurant was emptying out and we were like ah, still there and I was like right I'm, I'm going to the bar I'm going to the bar and they're like oh my god who are you new woman I was like yeah here I am um and I went up and I was like hi can we have three of your uh, this this cocktail and they were like okay 
and they made it for us and, oh my god never had a stronger cocktail in my life it was mad it was bright blue because I have like curacao in um and it was just so strong and it's supposed to have like all this booze it was bright like blue curacao and then also it said with and sprite and like you could not taste the sprite and at one point my mate fred just <laughs> went like we were drinking it and my mate fred just went there's sprite in this <laughs> like so mad and then even make it even more insane um they came they gave it to us and then about five minutes later they came over and went yeah we're, we're closing in 10 minutes we're like, <laughs> so we had to like down these insane drinks and then walk home but uh then we got back had some more cocktails listened to the whole robbie album uh you know the christmas present um on um on vinyl of course um and yeah Absolutely. i felt Felt very festive then. So that was really nice. It felt very nice and Christmassy. Um, and yeah, I'm feeling, I'm feeling like medium Christmas. I'll, I'll be, I'll be full tilt by next week when I get home and stuff. So yeah, uh, that is how I am feeling. But um, what are you living and longing for? Well, Lucy, this week I am living for, um, well, I mean, you, you saw the footage, but I went to, as a bit of a surprise last minute thing, um, Club Kids Presents Mode, which was um, a drag fashion show, um, which was at the Albert Hall in Manchester. And when I tell you it was all of the best queens that you could want, well, maybe not all of them, but there were no duds. Let's put it that way. We have got Bimini, Tace, Ahura, Gigi, Simone, and... A surprise DJ set by Gothy Kendall. <laughs> Amazing. Such big hitters. I'm very jealous. That's like, you know, that is like, draw your, your dream lineup of like, you know, specifically like UK queens as it were. And there you have it. UK Hun. Oh my God. Amazing. How was it? Well, I know it was great. I've seen, I've seen it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was great because it was all the bits that I like because so like in, in Drag Race and, you know, I've got opinions that people might not agree with on this but um I find like the acting challenge and things like that just goes on for ages it's a bit boring I'm just here for like the looks the lip syncs just like the fun bits do you know what I mean I don't really want to watch like a 15 minute like recreation of EastEnders it's just not (laughs) what I want to do um and you know some people might like that and that's fine but this this really just channeled all of the sort of like good froth on the top that nice. you want to consume as part of that experience and um, it was showcasing loads of new designers um and they're wearing all these different um all these different looks did some lip syncing did a little bit you know five minute comedy set here and there and it was just like all of the best bits you know um really enjoyed it taste was doing all of her like signature jerky Britney dancing and um there was so much Lady Gaga an absolute surplus of Lady Gaga mega mixes so it really was within the wheelhouse of things that I specifically um enjoy so I was absolutely living for it and it was a last minute um decision because they were doing last minute tickets where you just had to pay like a 10 pound charity donation so that's what I did um and it was very fab so very much enjoyed that so if they come again um we should all definitely go um and when I say all I mean you me and everyone who is listening to this let's all go together because why not Um, 
Well, exactly. And that is what I am living for. And then longing for um, is sort of further Christmas shenanigans. And that is our final book club of the year, which is taking place tomorrow, um, where we'll be doing a very sort of seasonal, um, a seasonal book. I won't go into too much detail on that, but um, some things are best left off, off the podcast. But, yeah, but but suffice yeah. to say, very queer, very festive. <laughs> very queer and very festive and you know if you do enough googling maybe you'll find it um so that is what we will be reading and we will also be um so doing um, a review of that book and then finally watching netflix's new queer christmas movie single all the way starring jennifer coolidge and i'm so excited i can't believe i managed to hold off for this long um so surely we'll be reporting on that next week so i'm absolutely longing for that and also just living for the fact that we've kept this baby book club going for as long as we have. I mean, how many books have we read? Maybe like 10. It's not bad. Yeah. I think we started in like March. So like that, that, that tracks in a sense. Um, yeah. Nine or 10. Um, amazing. I, I, I am really proud of us for continuing it through the year. Um, and it's been really nice and fun and um, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good thing. And we'll continue it into, into the new year. Definitely. Yeah, and it's not a competition, but the Capricorn in me is very pleased for having turned up to every meeting and having read every book. So I'm just putting that out there that I'm pleased with me. And that's just nice, isn't it? Yeah, you get a nice nice big gold star from Ms. Honey. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, that's 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 what I'm truly living and longing for when we strip away all of everything else. That That is what um, will always remain. And yes, I will turn that question back to you now, Lucy. What are you living and longing for this week? Um, so this week I'm living for, right? It's, I'm, I'm gonna, it's gonna be short and sweet because I don't want to say too much. But um, last night I watched the season three succession finale and chef's kiss chef's kiss my god what what a piece of television honestly like I was a bit sort of like "Eh," about this season as it as it went along and I would say Adam Adam actually described it very perfectly last night as saying that so far that what what he had watched he'd watched six episodes out of nine um that it was about an 80 percent enjoyment compared to the past two seasons which I I would I would I would stick with I'd say maybe like 90 there's it hasn't been quite as hit hitting the mark but the last three episodes are amazing and the finale is explosive everything you want from telly like just amazing stuff and just ramps and ramps and ramps and ramps to this absolutely just like banging conclusion so good loved it so much um so yeah I'm absolutely living for that but I will not say uh too much about it because you know I think everyone should watch it and I'm not I'm not a spoiler gal so um yeah yeah great stuff I've been I've been seeing loads about that um on the blogs and obviously as you know I got quite far into season one um but didn't go any further with it but I just feel like that's wrong somehow and I just should like it so I I need to I need to do it again because I don't want to miss out on something that I feel like everybody who likes the same things as me particularly enjoys like that's that's quite disturbing to me on on a a grand level so um I don't want to be disturbed anymore I want to be down with the sickness and I want to be watching so um i'm gonna give you pipped my joke and and the only reason you did is because we're doing this on zoom so you have to do more pausing so i was waiting for a pause and i was gonna do the joke (laughs) it's fine it's fine you know we are one hive mind hive mind um but yeah Yeah. no i i i I think you should give it another go but also like if you don't like it then fine like but but i get what but i get what you mean that thing where you like are like why does everyone 
Like I, I need to yeah. like this. As I'm well. fine with not. I'm fine with not liking it. What I'm not fine with is missing out on something that I would really, really like just because I wasn't like in the right headspace for it at the time. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I don't want yeah. that. So um, I might, I might go back to it because you know I'm gonna have nine days off over Christmas and what else am I gonna do? Lovely. Let's be real. Um, nice. And what are you longing for this week, yeah. Lucy? So my longing for is quite basic, quite simple, but I'm just longing to like, um, obviously in beginning of next week, I'll be going home for Crizzy and I'm just longing to like be at my parents in the countryside for a bit, you know, a bit of fresh air, a bit of like a, a cultural reset, um, a bit of like family time and just like not yeah mostly like being in the middle of nowhere which is where they live which is nice um and being able to just like walk out into the countryside and stuff and feel a bit like like i haven't been out of the city for ages um so uh which sounds so god that sounds so horrendous but like whatever (laughs) it's the case so yeah i'm just uh looking forward to some fresh air and nice log fires and Christmassy things and just you know hanging out and doing all those nice stuff so it's basic but uh yeah I'm longing for it so that is what I am living and longing for and on the topic of um Christmas related activities um Lucy yes this is happening we went to finally see we've talked about it on the podcast before Leanne Pinnock's acting debut in um the uh film boxing day so we went to see this not at six o'clock not at 6 30 not seven o'clock when did we go and see this film lucy this film we went and saw at a 9 50 showing which started 9 50 but it didn't even start until 10 past 10 <laughs> for a rom-com a christmas rom-com on a tuesday night what what yeah it was so bizarre so bizarre but we committed to the bit didn't we and um, i'm pleased we did it was very fun and we watched some great jay mcdonald before we got there um oh a- absolutely and you know that is never time wasted so obviously that that was fine but i feel like i'm getting a bit too old for you know 10 past 10 start time on a tuesday but um yeah it did we, it did we live we learn it did push it did push at the boundaries of what is okay but um you know we we did it and uh you know it's, it's christmas it's christmas so um yeah so yeah went and saw boxing day to be honest earlier i uh was like well i, I couldn't even remember the name of it <laughs> but um i remembered it um and yeah okay so let's get into it and not not a particularly memorable film um i didn't, never thought it would be um it 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 was very sort of what you might expect from just like a classic christmas rom-com um i it was a the storyline was a bit like meh and you kind of ended up rooting for the wrong characters um because you cast in like leanne pinnock absolute you know uk hun who everyone loves but she's not the sort of love interest that you should be rooting for in the film the love interest you should be rooting for is the current girlfriend of 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 the ex-boyfriend of leanne pinnock um who is like an American, so kind of comes in and just, you just, you just, it just, you didn't quite, you didn't really want them to succeed. And that's odd, always an odd thing to to have in a rom-com. You should always want the couple that's going to succeed to succeed, in my opinion, like the same problem that happened with Happiest Season, which if you'd like to listen to a festive podcast where we really do pull apart a plot, (laughs) 
then please listen to our happiest season episode which is I think one of our best like analytical episodes ever <laughs> yeah I, I love the analytical episodes from us I think yeah. we did it really well for happiest season we did it really well for the fleabag finale um the stranger um, things season three was good as well oh yeah that all all true vintages from mm-hmm. us so um I, I think we're at, we're at our best when we're analytical about yeah. uh about media that's about the, that's our niche about the content about the content yeah when, when we do it well we do it good and then the rest of the time we just do what we want um so yeah but um that should be our new tagline <laughs> when we do it well we do it well and when, we, when we don't we do what we want <laughs> yeah very yeah. Very apt. I'll get some t-shirts printed. I'll get some t-shirts printed. Um, But uh, yeah, I would say Positives Boxing Day. It um, did some very good like family representation, which was good. Like some good like family moments and interactions and stuff. But there was like an added plot point that didn't need to be there. That was, I think, supposed to be comic relief, but just was completely pointless. And my final point before I let you uh, continue is that it it didn't need to be a Christmas film. It just happened. They, they've said it at Christmas because it means that they can have a big release and they can actually probably release it in cinemas. This would be a film that would just go straight to Netflix or something otherwise. So it or not even Netflix. Um, no offense, but like it, it, it didn't, it wasn't particularly festive in any way. Um, and also it never even got to boxing day. That is my main problem with it. Yeah. I forgot that. I just remembered it never even got to boxing day. <laughs> now, please. Yeah, my, my, my main problem was that it didn't get to boxing day because the whole, the whole story was set up that, you know, everyone was reeling from the trauma of a previous boxing day where this was meant to be a big day for the family and the parents announced they were splitting up and that the father had had an affair and um, had, um, his, the person that he was having an affair with was pregnant basically. And that was meant to be the day that the lead protagonist was supposed to be proposing to his then girlfriend, Leanne Pinnock. And everyone has just been sort of reeling from this experience ever since so you want that redemption arc where the whole plot ramps up to boxing day where boxing day finally has its yeah it's 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 redemption moment and we see boxing day as you know the day of new beginnings and righting the wrongs of previous boxing days um but it didn't even get to boxing day and there was no real mention of boxing day boxing day was not a feature and yeah i think like what you were saying it 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 was a little bit all over the place in terms of, you know, who you were supposed to be rooting for. The main protagonist wasn't particularly likable and was quite weak in, in terms of like character um, development and, and representation. And also they included um, quite a bit of like um, fighting amongst the two lead women. And I just don't think that in 2021 bordering on 2022, um, fighting over a man when two women haven't done anything to each other and actually started off in a really positive place doesn't really get anybody anywhere and it's just quite boring and rests on rests on the laurels of like some quite um outdated um stereotypes and actually it would have been more interesting if they did not do that and i haven't actually funnily enough i haven't really in in more recent films of that nature i feel like the producers um have or the script writers have been a bit more cognizant of that so it was particularly jarring to see that you know how they were sort of fighting over this this man when you know neither one had done anything to the other it was it was bizarre but um yeah i don't think that it um that it i was gonna say i don't think that it um 
lived up to the hype I'm not sure how much hype there's been around this apart from in our own minds yeah. but um we are Leanne Pinnock stands always and forever and what I will say is that I feel that her acting debut was a good one I think she did a good job but I think that um the the script and the pacing and just the story um wasn't the best and had she been in a different film with the same acting chops I think it could have been good because I think that um she did a good performance and also a stunning cover of Say a Little Prayer so uh, yes what a moment you can't go wrong Yeah. yeah so that is what I'll say and we do love a Christmas movie and yet every year we're disappointed so Boxing Day this year last Christmas last year and Happier Season the other year so it's just like come on yeah, I'm really holding out a lot of hope single all no, the way not to forget uh, Christmas on the Square Olivia <laughs> another intensely disappointing film you say not to forget Christmas on the Square, but I would love nothing more than to forget it. And the fact that I did not mention it has shown how much I've tried to shift that out of my mind. If you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about the Dolly Parton Christmas movie that came out, I think, last year, didn't it? Yeah. Um, oh, completely heinous. And actually, um, I'm just going to um, do things how I want to do them because it's 50% my show and hopefully you'll be OK with it. Um and this is to go straight into I don't agree with it because my don't agree with it is um, sort of um, apropos of this moment. So my, what I don't will, agree mine will suit this exact moment as well. So oh, uh, perfect. Well, let's get straight to it. Let's get straight to. I don't agree with it. Okay, another week, another I don't agree with it. So I'm going to start off with my own I don't yes, agree please. with it. And this relates to Christmas films. So, and it relates to you because um, you are the other 50%. And so it all makes sense. And what I don't agree <laughs> with is the fact that this year, Lucy, and we were just talking in the sort of um, introduction to the podcast about how the Christmas season has run been a runaway train and we have no time to do anything. And I am very sad, sad to my core, about the fact that we will not have an opportunity this year to watch Snow Day together. I thought you were going to say the holiday, but yeah, no, you're right. We're not going to watch Snow Day together. That is sad because we have done that since it came out, to, but two years ago, we have watched it together both times. Um, we've, we made a mistake there. We should have maybe watched Snow Day before we went to Boxing Day. Um, we should have thought about that, but we did have Jane to contend with and um, she had some very important messages to send to us, specifically, I'm hot, you're hot, everyone the party, hot, hot, hot. So yeah, yeah, we wouldn't know, have had that otherwise. no yeah um damn that's uh that's that's disappointing oh no okay I'm very sorry I know I'm sorry it, it, it is sad I mean you know if you find that you have a two-hour window just let me know because I am always in the mood to go on by snow day please do and um I really want to be united with um absolute king that is JP Lafayette who we absolutely love um as a character and as a human being oh um God, I forgot and, you know, how much talk- I love him <laughs> Yes, an absolute, absolute, richly, richly crafted king of a character. <laughs> and then we have, we do have problematic Tobin, but you know, every king needs a foil. And Absolutely. JP Lapierre is, is the king of Snow Day. So um, there you go. And you know, if you haven't listened, if you haven't watched Snow Day, I think we've mentioned it before, but um, it's a Christmas film on Netflix. It's queer. It's got some brilliant characters. It's got singing. It's got everything that you want, bar Jennifer Coolidge. And hopefully that's what Single All The Way is going to do for you. So um, yeah, I'm sad about it. Cause I feel like in this absolute pile of Christmas movie <sighs> sort of, rubbish ones I just wanted to have um 
I just wanted to have that one jewel that I could rely on, which is which is snow day. But I did watch the holiday at the weekend, so that sort of helped me a little bit. But um, yes, that is my. I don't agree with it. I'm sad about it. Um, R.I.P. My annual viewing of J.P. Lafayette, but we can't have everything we want, can we? Well, I hope that you know you do at least find time to watch it yourself, and I find time to watch it myself, and then we can sort of at least say we've 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 J.P. Lapierre this year. So um, you yeah. know, I would. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want, it wouldn't be Christmas without a JP Lapierre moment. So, um, you know, (laughs) it's very important that we do that for ourselves, for our own individual selves, even though ideally we would be doing that together. And I am sorry that that's not going to happen this year, but next year we'll watch it six times. Okay. Yeah. It's going to be a Christmas priority in 2022 for sure. December 1st. Um, Exactly. And um, if you weren't completely um, defeated and saddened by my, I don't agree with it. If you feel as if you're up for it, and up to it um please reveal yours for this week what is it that you don't agree with lucy so my don't agree with it um also relates to christmas films so this is perfect um very festive and very on uh, on topic um it's actually about and i did say this to you after um we saw boxing day is i really dislike when um films try to pretend that events happen on christmas eve um so in 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 uh boxing day there's like a nativity on christmas eve and this happens also in love actually the like big nativity at the school happens on christmas eve and that would ne- that would never happen that would never happen and i just don't like just why does it have to be christmas eve just put it as like oh it's um the 23rd or it's the 22nd like we don't it doesn't need to be christmas eve because that's completely unrealistic and i need this to be realistic for me to invest in this story so <laughs> and every time that happens i get like infuriated that that people are pretending that this is happening on christmas eve so that is what i don't agree with it short and sweet but just stop it please when i write my christmas film which eventually i will do obviously as is a huge dream of mine to have have my own Christmas film be created there will be nothing happening on Christmas Eve that doesn't happen inside people's own houses or pubs or you know things like that but no no big events no big events <laughs> specifically no school sure. events yeah so that's what I don't agree with yeah I can totally get on board with that and you know obviously I have a mom who is heavily involved in the annual Christmas fair and they know how um crazy everybody's calendars are and so that's why they do it at the end of November which is a little bit jarring it took me a while to get on board with but now I understand it because I'm like there is no time there's no time so um it's not realistic to do any big bits on Christmas Eve apart from like the Chris Dingle because it has to be yeah of course yeah Um, But what what I wanted to circle back to you quickly about um, Boxing Day, because I think that it's important to mention is, although, you know, our review of it was maybe not the most glowing, um, historically, I think we can all agree that Christmas films have been almost completely whitewashed. And um, the fact that we have um, a Christmas film that's out in theatres, um, you know, starring, as we've said, an absolute national treasure and featuring um, a lot of Black actors portraying um, families within um, Black communities. And I think that that is um, a super important thing in terms of representation and um, and diversity. And through the reviews that I've read, that's been the sort of um, positive theme and positive aspect of it that has run through and in terms of sort of like interfamily relationships and those sorts of dynamics um, I think that they in a lot of ways did a really beautiful job I think it's just more to do with um, the overall sort of storytelling that is uh, that was less 
good in in my opinion but I think that that was just yeah something worth something worth mentioning yeah absolutely totally true yeah that that was its um its high highlight was its uh ability to 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 display that 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 display those those families and and those communities like really well but the plot just didn't hold up which is a shame um but yeah okay olivia it's i know you've been waiting for this it's like it's like the big present under the tree and you are desperate to get in there get your claws in and unwrap it scrap it open that's right and just like that they started talking about the sex and city reboot (laughs) so gosh this truly is the meat in the Boxing Day sandwich, isn't it? And let's just get to it because um, there are many elements, there are many layers, and in a lot of cases, quite tough to chew. So um, <laughs> we both we both consumed the first two episodes of And Just Like That in the last couple of days. I actually um, watched both of them twice um, for just my own personal reasons. Um <laughs> there is there is proper reasons for that but um it doesn't matter um everyone should know that my mouth dropped open I'm shocked to the core that it uh, well personally well this is going to be a big giveaway personally shocked that someone would be able to watch it more than once (laughs) but yeah um yeah let's let's continue let's also just caveat that there's going to be spoilers in this so please if you want to watch it do you know there probably will be some spoilery bits so don't don't listen yeah yeah us, maybe yeah. just get through uh, but um you go, know, for it. go for it I think I think at this point um if you are a fan and you're planning to watch it you'll already know the big spoiler and to be honest I knew the big spoiler before I watched it anyway um so that was not a shock yeah um yeah and it kind of it kind of doesn't matter so olivia i mean you i would say are our resident sex in the city expert um i'm obviously you know a fan as well but i think you really uh you've really plowed the depths of sex and city and and more recently i know you've listened to all those podcasts that have been about it etc and like revisited it a lot more than i have so please take it away what are your initial thoughts what are your lingering thoughts what oh man where do we begin please start gosh <laughs> Well, yes. Okay. So there's, there's so, there's honestly so much to unpack. And, you know, as a, as a caveat before we go into this, we aren't one of the many brilliant Sex and the City podcasts. Um, we aren't, you know, one of the many Sex and the City blogs or Instagram. So I don't think that our analysis is going to be as forensic, nor should it be, because we don't really have that level of Sex and City expertise. Although I am a big um, fan of Sex and the City um, in all of its sort of problematic-ness. Um, but, um, yeah, it's been it's been something that's been with me for a long time. I remember watching the finale with my mum at my stepdad's house when um, they maybe like just started dating and we'd gone around there for like a takeaway with like, you know, his daughters and yeah. stuff. And um, they just like didn't really get what Sex and City was. They were a bit younger and, and Robert wasn't interested. And we just spent like two hours just basically telling everybody to shut up and this was the most important night of our lives. Um, and it was one of, one of definitely. Um, and so I, I love, I love Sex and the City and I feel like I've, you know, grown up on it. And I think, you know, now, from the vantage point of my age and also sort of re-watching it again 10 years since we had any more content since the movies even though we should not speak their name um I feel like they shouldn't really be part of the canon especially the Abu Dhabi one good grief um anyway what I will say is 
my my first my first prevailing feeling and I'm trying to go into this with my true thoughts rather than the thoughts that I felt like I should have and if I'm being completely honest my first thought when I started watching it is I just felt so happy to be back in that world again um with those characters that I love so much and have have such a sort of emotional bond with and you know I think I had I had reasonably sort of I'd reasonably sort of set myself up to expect a lot of what happened. Like I didn't expect it to be sort of good. I, I was just hungry for that, that world that, you know, I didn't get to have any sort of newness of for so long and you sort of get to have that again. So I think, you know, my, my first thing is that I enjoyed that. Then I was hit by the depression and despair, which was the absence of Samantha um really sad about that but obviously knew that that was the case I did think that it was um it was quite interesting that they made the reason quite the reason for her absence quite sort of petulant like basically she'd gone in a mood because SJP didn't want to have her as a publicist anymore and she just sort of absconded and just like started this new life in London in the middle of a pandemic which definitely wouldn't have happened yeah um and, you know, the sort of discussion of, well, we've tried to text, but nothing. And, you know, there's nothing we can do. And sort of making out that, you know, they were dealing with this unreasonable person who just behaved so uncharacteristically. Um, obviously, there's a few ways that that they could have done it. I'm glad that they didn't kill her off because just selfishly, it leaves it open for her to come back should a miracle occur. Because she really does drive a lot of the... Um, the comic relief and um, the the true sort of glitz and glamour and actual sex in the city comes yes. from Samantha. Totally. Um, it doesn't come from Carrie. It never has. It's certainly not coming from um, Charlotte. And we get Impossible. it a bit. Yeah, we get it a little bit from um, from Miranda. But the true the true sort of essence of sex in the city is and will always be Samantha in in my opinion. So her absence was palpable, but I did like how they didn't kill her off and that they, um, they made her lack of presence really at the forefront. And I think that they could have, they could have shied away from her absence and tried to gloss over it and they didn't do that. So I want to sort of give props to that. So I've set it up in quite a positive way. Um, obviously, you know, we've all, most of us have watched it and certainly like consumed some kind of media around it. And, you know, I think, you know, us being a, a podcast that discusses um, queer media and pop culture and how queer characters are portrayed. Wow, wow, wow. There is a lot to talk about. So um, there has been an influx of new characters Um a lot of those characters are um, queer characters, people of colour, and, you know, unsurprisingly in reaction to um, to criticism levelled at the producers that, you know, they have not been diverse in the past and they have said some things which are particularly um, problematic, a.k.a., um, Carrie's response that um, bisexuality is just a bus stop on the way to Gaytown. And... Um, 
you know, how Samantha treats trans women of color when she moves into a gentrified area of New York. And there are, you know, loads of things in Sex and City's history which are gross. And um, this is an attempt to sort of move things forward. And I'm not sure at the moment how successful that is. Um, At the moment, it isn't, in my opinion, that successful at all. Obviously, there are eight more episodes to go. So a lot can change and develop in that time. Um, The main main character that they have um, brought in to work with Carrie is um, Shay Ramirez, um, who is the podcast host. And they also have the woke button. And it made me think of, uh, I don't agree with it. And I was like, oh my gosh, are we, <laughs> how, how close are we to having a woke no, button? No, but- Olivia, please <laughs> do not, do not. I, I fully, uh, that fully ended me, the podcast bit. Like I was, yeah. on, I was on the edge anyway, but that bit, oh my god i was like no 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 and then the woke button like no (laughs) yeah it's um because yeah obviously there's this need there is a need to address the history of sex and city having been problematic and you know things are problematic and yeah if you come back to them you should be addressing that um but there's there's and and i don't i don't know what the answer is because uh you either do it or you don't do it but is is there so is there such a thing as maybe like sort of it's just quite like ham-fisted it's quite sort of like it's like it's very much slamming on the woke button (laughs) so uh yeah that's yeah keep keep going please but yeah um, yeah it feels like an affront as an opposed to a sort of um incidental inclusive diverse cast and plot it feels very sort of insert the insert diversity here insert um you know the right storyline here and it just feels it feels like there hasn't been a proper process of integration both in terms of plot and in terms of characters and obviously you know like we said it's just episode two there, there, there is time to bring these characters in but what I hate almost more than no representation is poor representation where characters um you know who are representing diversity in some kind of way are only there to represent diversity as a kind of tick box. And they're very undeveloped characters that um, serve to just be sort of secondary to um, the main stories, the main plot lines, the main characters. And, you know, I I really want, especially for um, Shay Ramirez's character, um, I want them to be, as the first non-binary representation in Sex and the City, to be fully sort of included and immersed into that world, into the main storylines, and to really sort of be built as this rich character who has all of the... um, all of the imperfections and nuances of the main cast and to be granted the same level of respect and attention. And at the moment that's not happening, um, you know, especially when these characters are used as a mirror to reflect the main character's wokeness or lack of. So we see especially, you know, case in point, um, Miranda's dealings with her professor and it's again I don't know what the answer is there because and I'm interested in your take on this because my um, my take on this was not a great one I found the whole thing so cringe and just awful to 
watch. But then I was like, well, um, I was listening to um, a couple of other podcasts discussing it. And they were arguing that actually, you know, that was a good thing because it's it's not meant to be a comfortable thing to watch. You're 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 watching some, you know, a portrayal of somebody who has lived an incredibly whitewashed life, um, trying to do the right thing and getting it wrong and learning. So is that is that a bad thing? And when you put it like that, I can't say that it is. But there was just something about the way that it was portrayed that didn't didn't sit well with me, and that wasn't the prevailing feeling that I left with and I'm not sure why maybe you have an answer to that or can articulate um a response to that better than me I just know that that was how I felt yeah uh, I feel exactly the same I I don't I don't have an answer to it I don't think I can articulate it very well because I don't know how I don't know how you would um I think that yeah that obviously like obviously it is like you know there it shouldn't be a comfortable thing to watch because it is an uncomfortable thing and you know that that does make sense but I think the way that it's done the way it's written is just like kind of like it's kind of campy like so it's kind of like made a bit sort of like uh jovial in a sense which like doesn't yeah like she's she's this bumbling idiot who's well-meaning which makes it kind of like a bit like "Mm, no like yeah it's fine to be uncomfortable watching somebody try to be like a being a fucking terrible ally but like uh it shouldn't be maybe made to like be a joke as well I don't know so I think think yeah it's like a weird thing to to try and force in there um and like that that it's done really well uh, it's not done well at all um and I think that um, yeah, like what you said is is exactly right. Like all of these um, people of color who've joined the cast and all of these queer people who've joined the cast are all only there as as that. Like that is what they are. Um, I suppose apart from um, the new sort of family that um, Charlotte has become friends with, um, which is a family a, 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 a black family, but um, you know they have such a tiny minuscule part so far that like they're they're barely even there anyway. So um, yeah, I think it's just. I don't know I don't know it's it's all a bit um I think it's the like like you've said I, th- I think you you have articulated it I think it's the, it's the positioning so I think in summation um it was a sort of uncomfortable start um for a few reasons we haven't even spoken about spoiler alert spoiler alert spoiler alert big dying um but that was kind of like the least sort of interesting aspect of it for for this this discussion totally. for this podcast, I would say. Um, but you know, part of me, um, part of me was like, I in terms of in terms of that, part of me was like, well, um, I do love Carrie being single, and the more sort of like hilarious stories and great things with mates happen when she is single. Um, but part of me was like really interested in seeing and I obviously already knew what was going to happen before I watched it so I knew that this couldn't happen but when it was just a mere glint in our eyes and we didn't know anything about what the plot was going to be I was kind of interested in um a portrayal of Carrie and Big as two people in their mid-50s living a very glamorous married life child free and what that would be like because we don't really see much of that and you know when we've 
when we've been with our friends for a long time and those friendships have endured over decades, people have made a lot of different life choices, whether to marry, not marry, have children, not have children, where you're going to live, you know, how much money you're going to have, all of those things that kind of, um, that, that take you off a path of complete sameness. Um, it would be interesting to see a couple who have chosen to be together and be committed to each other, but without children who are still living a very sort of like quite fabulous social life and um and how that how that would have been portrayed because I can't really think of many other instances where that is portrayed and also in terms of like um their sexuality and their relationship and obviously that was kind of um touched upon a little bit no pun intended um in the first episode um and obviously I I can't I don't even know what to say about that so I'll just leave that there but um but I just thought that 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 would have been interesting and obviously we don't have that now which is sad and I will say I did I did tear up I did tear up end of a big era and the bit that really got me was um you know when she is after he's after he dies and she leaves that funeral home and it's all very dreadful and she's walking along and she goes past that um that restaurant with the outdoor bit and from the back it looks like a young Carrie and then also there's that sort of montage where their whole relationship flashes before her eyes and you see like the young big with the black hair turn around to look at her and all of those sort of moments I was sort of glad that um Susan Sharon uh, shout out to Susan Sharon absolute MVP of Sex in the City um mentions at the funeral um how much of um a prick big was to carry during their um relationship or sort of long courtship because you know maybe it was the wrong time for Susan Sharon to be mentioning this obviously but um I think that is an important fact that he wasn't always the best guy to carry but also Carrie wasn't always the best gal so um maybe that's just life I guess um but it yeah it did it did make me it did make me tear up I am not going to lie to you and I never would so there we are (laughs) oh thank you so much that's why we're such good podcast girlfriends no lies here um only the truth um yeah I I uh I I agree like the the bit where it showed the the footage of him turning around to look at her from the old from the old times that that's the bit that got me I was like well yeah but yeah not not always good to each other um and you know problematic in their own ways but yeah it is a weird like end of an era um and i can see why they've done it but i do also think it's a bit odd and i think that like they could have obviously they couldn't they basically you can't make a sex and city thing where you've got three people in a couple i guess is like what they were thinking but it's Mm -hmm. like why not no offense kill off one of the other like husbands Fine, you can get rid of Steve, but don't I know. say that about Harry. Harry is not going anywhere. I know, I know. I would never do that to you. <laughs> yeah, but, um, kill yeah. Off, and then... Kill off Steve yeah. and make Miranda go out with Shay. Exactly. Which, well, I think there's an inkling of something might be happening there. There might be a temptation or something. So we'll see. Yeah, um, yeah. And and their relationship, um, you know, Steve and Miranda's relationship um, seems to be really quite solid. Yeah. And obviously they had a sort of tumultuous uh, makeups and breakups um, during the main series. So I'm wondering if they're going to go down the route of discussing polyamory, an open relationship between the two of them in their sort of later years. Oh, my God. And I think that would be a very yes. interesting plot point, um, you know, considering that they're trying to cover off. 
Well, exactly. And and considering that they're trying to cover off all of the bases, then I really don't think that theory is off the table. Um, but looking to the future of how the series is going to develop, do you have any predictions? Because I certainly have my own. Uh, um, I mean, uh, I think there's going to be some sort of something going on there between Miranda and Shay. Uh, there's definitely flirtation and stuff. So I think that's definitely going to do something there in terms of queerness. Um, I think there's also a big thing coming with a Miranda's an alcoholic uh, storyline. For sure, for yeah, sure. They keep having her getting drinks at times when maybe you shouldn't have a drink. Um, mm. I think, I don't, yeah, I haven't really thought about like what would happen with Carrie um, and... Charlotte will just sort of, I think, be there having some like very incredibly white first world problems. Um, and yeah, uh, oh, yeah. Charlotte's character is is the the, the script, the yeah, plot, the not kind. It's it's not kind, is uh, it? No, it's really not. What are, you, what are your um, predictions? Go on, let's round it well, out with your predictions. My main ones are the ones that you've said. Plus, yeah. I think that we're going to get some big revelations um, in the aftermath of big's death that kind of um make carrie question things a little bit and have to sort of reappraise herself as an individual but also the life that she maybe thought she had with big who big was um any sort of skeletons in the closet that kind of thing and also i think that her grief is going to take on new forms through time and i think that that's the prevailing sort of timeline of the rest of the of this of the series because obviously you know you don't grieve in the same way in um the aftermath of an immediate death as you do in the months and years that that go by so i think that that's going to be um another factor to this and hopefully lastly it's going to see more sort of enriched fulfilled three-dimensional um diverse characters but we can only cross our fingers at this point at this point because we are two episodes out of 10 and you know we have we have slated about 70 percent of and just like that will we be watching all 10 episodes i can only speak for myself that is a resounding yes oh yeah absolutely i've got to know i've got to know so i'm sure i'll be watching it all um but yeah and we will keep tabs on it and we will let you know what we think as we go along um because that's what we do here um yeah uh and just like that olivia it was time for track of the week now unfortunately actually in and just like that we don't get the stunning which is honestly i miss so much so it's upsetting but fine um but Apart from that being an eternal banger, uh, what is your track of the week this week? My track of the week, Lucy, is from Snow Day slash Snow Dogs. And it is, so this came about, funnily enough, so I started thinking about, and you know what I'm going to say. Um, Love this song. I started thinking, <laughs> I started thinking about, um, I started thinking about Snow Day anyway. And then the Spotify blend thing happened. And I'm not sure whether it's from your side or from my side, because we now have a blended playlist. But um, I realized that we both, well, one of us, but definitely probably both of us, enjoys listening to um, The Hole of the Moon by The Waterboys, which is um, a song that some of the characters sing in Snow Day slash Snow Dogs. 
and I really love that song and I've been listening to it loads recently and I thought it was very timely that I should be um sort of adjacently listening to the snow day soundtrack um given that we haven't had chance to watch it yet but it is the season and it's only right that I should be listening to that so that is my track of the week this week yeah I absolutely adore that song I it's on my it's like one of my it's on like the top 20 of my um uh, top songs of 2021 I've listened to it all the time I think it's so great I think it's just like lovely and like nice really good message and it has like loads of good like buildy bits and loads of like crashes and bangs and it's like so good I love it loads yeah so that is a really really good one I'm pleased that you've, you've chosen that funnily funnily enough so um the the topic the well there's a couple of inter- endless interpretations I suppose of like what the song is about but one of the main things that people say it is about is like the the songwriter sort of talking um to a friend or someone that they know and sort of admiring how they can see the bigger picture in situations and they don't just like see the the small stuff and the bigger picture being the whole of the moon rather than like the crescent moon or whatever and I definitely think that you can see the whole of the moon when it comes to um series and media and it got me thinking about when I complimented you on your ability to know when it is time to stop series and I was like oh Lucy (laughs) so knows the whole of the moon when it comes to that and I am just a mere present so um I will dedicate my track of the week this week to you and your ability to do that so there you go thank you so much well I would like to say in uh in return um I would say that you see the whole of the moon in terms of life stuff so you are that's more important than when to stop a series so I also dedicate the whole of the moon to you so that's a nice Christmas present between us (laughs) Um, yes well done god what a banger love that so much so good um right i'll just crack on with mine then uh my track of the week is from a band called yard act they're like a leeds band um and the song is called fixer upper and if you like sort of songs where uh they're a bit sort of irreverent and they sort of just like rant about things that they don't agree with like over some like indie like uh beats then you will like yard act they're very fun um and just sort of like you know sort of like talking as opposed to singing um and just being like but i really like that sometimes so uh yeah that's that's my track of the week i'd really recommend it if you're into that kind of thing at all um and yeah it's fun it's a good one so um get listening to it we will put them on the playlist is is there crossover with things that they don't agree with and what you don't agree with oh totally yeah so so the main so this fixer upper song is basically like a narrative about like uh, a man who has like bought a, a a big house across the road that's a fixer upper and he's like oh finally i've got two houses and my range rover and i'm so pleased with my life um and yeah i absolutely do not agree with it so um but they're obviously singing about it very sarcastically it's very very good and funny um so yeah i highly recommend <laughs> So while we head to our windows to stare at the whole of the moon, um, we would invite you to think about who encapsulates the whole of the moon in your own lives. And, you know, let us know by tweeting us at Queer Longing. You can get in touch with us, slide into our DMs or send us a comment on Instagram, also at Queer Longing. And you can email us, queerlonging at gmail. Dot com. So I think we might have one or two more festive slash end of year episodes um, up our sleeve and before we return back for the new year. So it's not over till it's over and surely we'll have more to say about and just like that when we when we surely return. But until that time, please stare at the stars, enjoy the night sky, revel in the whole of the moon and we will be loving you, leaving you and longing for you until next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye.
ready? Yeah, one sec. Oh my god, it's fucking me! <laughs> I can't believe that! Wait, no, no, it can't be! Just like that. No, it can't be because oh, I nearly talked myself out of an intro there. Yeah, God. It would have been double me. No one needs that.